Hi guys, today we're going to kick off the podcast with something a little different. Last week we were at the National Field Days running a competition to win a weekend in the big smoke, thanks to Feed for Thought. We've put all the entries in the hat and we're thrilled to announce Alan Rogers from the King Country as the lucky winner. Thanks to all those who stopped by the site and entered, our team will be in touch with you via email. Now let's get into it for the next episode. G'day and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Welcome back. My name's Matt Daly. I'm with Wade Bell and Ian Williams. Today, uh, we've got an interesting situation across the country at the moment. We've had these extreme weather events um, that have affected systems uh, dramatically, but on some farms at the moment, and, and this is the topic we're going to unpack, um, there is some excess feed on farm. Now, Ian, you've been, you've been around for donkeys um, for years and years, mate. <laughs> Farmers have done it tough. There are some systems out there that have, have been whacked hard. We don't we want to acknowledge that, um, but today's podcast is going to be around excess feed on platform. Yeah, look, I've been in this uh, business, well, I started in 1982 as a young consultant, and I've been with Pioneer now for nearly 25 years. This is the most difficult season I've experienced. Um, it, we, we, you know, I, I remember as a young consultant in 1982 and 83, the, through the uh, El Nino years and severe droughts, they were, they were pretty traumatic. For some areas, um, namely Northland, uh, parts of the Bay of Plenty and the East Coast, Nothing's been like this. I mean, I was up in Northland uh, last month. You know, when on one farm, every single culvert had been blown out. Half his races had been washed away. Devastation. Um, crops being hit with northern leaf blight, and you know, right across the board. Um, crops blown over. Crops flooded. Just really, really tough, tough conditions. And so, you know, we, we are going to talk about excess feed today because some of the other areas have had excess feed. But the reality is, we also want to acknowledge that some farmers have done it incredibly hard and. It's just been terrible. It's there's no there's no other way to describe it. Yeah. It's really hard. And, and so we're working with those farmers on a one on one basis, or you know, trying yeah. I mean, to that's why it's up in Northland. Yeah, Ex- exactly. Yep. So first of all, we wanted to, to acknowledge that. But the fact is, on on some of these farms, as you say, there is uh, an excess of feed on, on farm and weight. I know you've had some some interesting discussions <laughs> of late. Being dealt with a lot of feed going in to next season. Yeah. So uh, you know, I was out with a farmer earlier this week, in fact, and you know, he had significantly more stored feed and when I say significantly more stored feed you know half a ton of cow plus of additional feed compared Mm. to what he had at first of June last year on top of that he had additional pasture cover because their pasture growing conditions are very good cows were in slightly better nick as well so he had kind of it wasn't just stored feed it was actually the whole on-farm feed situation that was uh, he had a lot more, yeah. a lot more feed. Is that a problem? Well, no, it's not. It's, 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 <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I just think it's a great opportunity. Uh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Uh, no, absolutely, it's an opportunity. Um, Ian and I don't often agree on these things, but um, uh, yeah, it, it is an opportunity, uh, but it poses a few challenges around, okay, so what does that mean for how do we use it or when do we use it? Do we carry it through as part of a risk management? You know, there's a... There's a whole lot of challenges or things going through farmers' minds now as to, hey, I've paid for this stuff. What do I do with it? And look, one of the things that, that I didn't mention in, in terms of feed and what we're seeing there is also just tight cash flows. So a lot of guys are saying, hey, look, we've got really, really tight cash flow-wise and we're going into a potentially lower payout season. You know, how do we actually make this work? Because I'm also seeing the same thing. I'm also seeing quite a lot of excess feed on some farms, not on all farms, but on some farms. So, Wade, you mentioned a farm that you're on last mm-hmm. week. 
What are some of the levers or what was the discussion like there? What's, what's some of the options? The, the first thing that we had to recognise is that that feed, uh, if we're talking about the stored feed, is a sunk cost. All the costs associated with that feed in, in the stack, uh, be it maize silage or grass silage, has been paid for. Uh, and it hasn't been converted yet. While it's still sitting in the stack, it hasn't been converted to a saleable product that has value. So it's there waiting to go. When When is that feed going to get used and could it potentially displace some imported feed for this season or should it be carried through as an additional buffer or risk management strategy now, uh, now you're tweaking someone's ears yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah Cause, he's, he's cause, ready to jump well no, no, look i mean the reason is is that i'm ready to jump is because i've been it's like 25 years and one of the things that i've been really encouraging farmers to do is to try to get ahead of the game and I'm just wondering whether this is a season where for, you know, farmers who are always chasing feed and because of the variations in pasture supply, I mean, we're talking sort of six to eight ton potentially between seasons. They're always trying to say, well, you know, they're on the market. They're on the market for, for feed when they when everyone else is buying feed. So they pay really expensive feed. And I'm just thinking, well, if, if you've got an opportunity now, cash flow, you know, got to acknowledge yeah. cash flow. But if you've got an opportunity now, can I carry that feed forward and actually have it just sit there for when I need it? I mean, we've always talked about the beauty of stored feeds is if you don't need them, you don't feed them, and they can sit there. There is a cost associated with that. You know, we're probably talking two to three cents a kilogram of dry matter for the interest cost, but it is sitting there. I mean, you, yeah. Well, and you made a point earlier, Ian, uh, about uh, whether the quality of the feed changes over time yep. as well. Does it get better? Does it get worse? Does it deteriorate? You know, is it? do I have to feed it within a certain time frame to extract the most out of it? I'm talking maize yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, no, that's right. Well, no, even grass silage. I mean, yeah. if we can keep the air out of it, we'll know that that stuff will actually sit there for as long as we keep the air out. And there's a lot of work to show that maize silage, for example, increases the starch digestibility and the fibre digestibility increases over time significantly. I mean, it's worth keeping it in the stack if you can. You know, it does get better. But if you're tight from a cash flow perspective now and then you're thinking about having to buy feed for this coming season, I mean, is, it, is that a good choice? You know, do I actually... Can I afford to to, to, to to not feed it? I mean, I think that's the question. Yeah, and I'm going to he, – he's starting to come over my way. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to come back. To, I've got in, to, I've, this is all strategy. So, so I think that as a farmer, what you've, what you've got to say is with the normal amount of feed that I carry over each season, is that enough to cater for or account for the seasonal risk variation, man, variation yeah, yeah. risk yep. management? Yep. If it is – then to me, the next lever to pull is say, well, right, it can this extra feed I have on hand can displace some of my other imported feed. Yep. If the answer to that is no, I actually do need more feed on hand to cover the risk management, then you're in that camp of, okay, can I afford to hold on to it if I can? Then, then that's a, a viable option. So you're part of a management team for a dairy farm. What would you, I mean, if you've got excess feed, say on, on, on the farm down in Te Oumutu, what what sort of things would you go through first? What would you look at in terms of displacing feed? Typically, you, you want to go to the highest cost ones. Yeah, right? yeah. You talked about cash, cash flow. You go, what are, the, what are the highest cost feeds that I could potentially displace? Uh, so that's number one. I've talked about it being a sunk cost, so that's going to be great for cash flow. Uh, this this year and then obviously are the feeds that I've got stored are they the right ones to kind of make my system make my system work and like I said uh, you know the third thing would be you know how much additional risk management do we need in the system if any yeah so so what if you you do have this stored feed I think there's something that's skipped here 
and you don't have the ability to feed it out. So you've, if you've got large feeding oh, come rates. come on, that's a curveball. You're not allowed to throw yeah. curveballs. This is beautiful, Matt. Yeah, I exactly. love where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, I can see, I can see Ian so where, starting where to gonna, fidget already. <laughs> where are you going to put it? Where are you going to feed it? So, okay, so I mean, we're talking difference between, say, a, a bulk feed like, say, um, pit silage, mm. uh, pit maize silage or grass silage, as opposed to a bale. Okay, so a bale, we, we can sit along under a fence row or something like that. And it is, it, so, so feeding out uh, a feed on the ground in winter, obviously we're going to have big wastage losses and so the cost is going to go up. But, you know, there's going to be times when it gets too dry or, you know, you can feed it along a dry fence line or something like that where your wastage rates are going to be very low. So, so you've got to think about, if I have got this feed, when am I going to feed it? And what's going to be the implications of feeding it at that period of time? So it can be done, but it is, it, it is yeah. you know, I mean, if, there's so, no way you want to be feeding a, a, a maize silage on wet, puggy ground. There's no way you want to do that. Your wasted rates and therefore your costs go through the roof. So let's be careful how you build it into your system. If it's going to be part of risk management, you've got to have a way of actually feeding out or making the most of it. And you need to think about the system. I mean, that's, you know, just actually acknowledge that. Yeah, good point. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's got to come from someone else exactly. every now and then. Um, so we've kind of we've highlighted the fact that it's it's kind of cheap insurance. Yeah, look, I'm I'm big on this because if you think, so let's say it's two and a half cents, and then you're in a situation where you're having to pay a premium on feed because you're in the middle of the dry and it's running at ten cents or fifteen cents. That's quite a good risk management strategy. However, it does depend on cash flow. So if your cash flow is really tight at the moment, you know, way it's a sunk cost. Yeah, you, you you need to you need to recuperate some of your this season's feed costs through using that feed. Yeah, I agree wait, with them on that. Well, yeah, wait, wait oh, on the way here. Yeah, you're you're a bit hot on this. Well, I think we're actually just demonstrating we can provide a balanced argument. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I'm arguing your points. And you're uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're like we're like going blow for blow on the on each other's bloody counter argument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, look, I think that sums it up pretty pretty nicely, to be fair. You know, it's, it's very hard to answer those questions on a, on a podcast because we're talking about a hypothetical example. You know, building risk man management in, if you can, is great, and building additional risk management in because we are seeing much greater extremes in weather conditions and pasture growth. So I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, we're seeing that across the country. If you can afford to do it, it's, it's a great option. If you can't afford to do it uh, and you've got enough risk management already in place, then displace some of the expensive feeds and actually take advantage of it. It's a it's a sunk cost and and we need the cash flow. Great opportunity. Yep. yep. Take the most of uh, these opportunities that are thrown our way. Thanks very much, gents. I mean that that's been a fantastic little piece on on excess feed and and don't forget. I mean we we do acknowledge that there has been some some significant effects to systems out there, but we want to explore all sorts of options on this podcast. So subscribe, follow. Get amongst this podcast. It's a, it's um, a forum that we're enjoying uh, delivering to you. So get involved, post, comment, wherever you like, jump on all the channels, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.